This episode of the Esoteric Order of Roleplayers is brought to you by the generosity of our backers on Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash esotericrp to find out how you can become a backer too. Remember to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram to keep up with all the latest news, and join our Discord community to chat with players and fellow listeners. The Esoteric Order broadcasts from Santa Fe, New Mexico. We recognize these episodes are produced on the traditional territory of the Tewa-speaking Pueblo peoples, and we acknowledge their community, their ancestors, their elders, both past and present, and future generations. Esoteric Order of Roleplayers present Zorro, the role-playing game, with David Larkins as the Game Master. This is Session Zorro <laughs> of the Zorro. Wait, let me get the let me get the official name. Uh, Zorro the role playing game. Okay, <laughs> yes. Straightforward. Uh, so yes. Yeah, wait, why are we game. playing this game? Where, why? Like, why are we playing this game? Oh, by the way, am I coming through okay? Voice yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right. Um. So why are we playing this game? Well, because I have been feeling a call to do something in the swashbuckler genre. And um, I backed this on Kickstarter last year. Oh. And uh, so uh, it was just kind of on my, on my plate, as it were, yeah. on, my, on my menu. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, well, of course, obviously there's a strong... California connection there, which I think is pretty cool. Yeah, and um, it's an interesting period, if nothing else, you know, which we'll we'll cover. We'll get into in a little more depth, but um, yeah, I don't know. It's uh, it should be should be a good time. It's also a system I've wanted to try out for a while. This is called the D six system. Mm. This uh, originally, if I'm not mistaken, I'm, I'm going off the cuff here, so I might be wrong, but. Um, I believe this was originally the system that powered the Ghostbusters RPG. Okay. Which was uh, written by Greg Stafford, Sandy Peterson of Call of Cthulhu, and one other fellow whose name escapes me at the moment. But anyway, it was the first uh, dice pool game. Lynn Willis, of course. Yeah, Lynn Willis, who was a longtime Chaosium guy as well. Weirdly, they did not write it for Chaosium. They wrote it for... West End Games, which then went on to publish the first Star Wars RPG that also used the D6 system, and which many people fondly remember. And so the D6 cool. system lives on, although West End Games does not. And um, it, it is, it's a system, as you may gather from those two pedigrees, it's a system that is very good for cinematic gaming and sort of, um, you know, just being rules light, 
getting out of your way, letting you play the game, letting you do cool things, uh, you know, letting you swing from those chandeliers and not break your neck, that kind of cool. thing. Yeah. And yeah, it's a dice pool system. It just uses D6s, as you may have guessed. Mm-hmm. And um, you just build pools of D6s and you roll them. And um, and then you see how you do. So right. very straightforward. We'll cover all that oh. as we go along. I want to say I love this character sheet. <laughs> yeah, off it to is a good so start. It's so simple. Yeah, yeah yes. it's clean. It's simple. Yeah. It's, yeah. yeah. Everything you want. Yeah, that's all you no, need in a game. That's that should be extra. Yeah. Nope. Yeah. It's lean and mean. It's one sided. It's the front page. That's it. Beautiful. <laughs> Everything I need to know is right in front of me. Yeah. Yeah. And um, as you can see there, you know, you're probably getting some ideas of how the system works just from looking at it. Very simple. Like, um, like there's no hit points. You know, you're either stunned, you're wounded, or you're mortally wounded. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that's it. You have hero points that you can spend to do cool hero things. Um, and then, yeah, as you know, as we get into the, the nuts and bolts here, um, we'll be talking about secret identities. We'll be talking about hideouts, mm-hmm. all that good stuff. So, yeah, there's a lot of really fun elements in here. And, of course, Zorro, uh, the character, was sort of the foundation of a lot of 20th century tropes in you know pulp fiction and uh comics as well so um he was he was the inspiration for batman and in fact i guess canonically apparently the movie that bruce wayne went to see with his parents the night they were gunned down was the the mask of zorro or the mark of zorro one of those yeah you know they went to see a zorro movie so Mm -hmm. which you know you would think that wouldn't uh you know you'd want to stay away from that kind of thing after that but uh (laughs) i guess it's right uh, I think I, I think the fact that there's like trauma, um, yeah, yeah. intense trauma, it just has a way of burning itself into your brain. So mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. it was a documentary, I believe, the Batman. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Yep. Exactly. I demand psychological fidelity in all my comic book superheroes. <laughs> Apparently, yeah. <laughs> it's important. All right. So yeah. So let's let's get into this a little bit here in terms of what this game is and and what we want to get out of it and. Um, mm-hmm and all that kind of good stuff. Right. So interestingly, and I think this is <laughs> possibly possibly at the request of the uh, Zorro, what are they, what are they called? Uh, Zorro Productions Incorporated. Uh, but, but it is interesting that the first, the first, the prologue in the book is the history of Zorro in media. Mm. And I don't know if the, if the company insisted on that or not, but it actually is an interesting way to set things up because it does kind of, give you the overview of how this character has appeared in a bunch of different media um, and sort of okay, emphasizes the point. Well, <laughs> <laughs> well, but we're talking about not just books, not just films. The documentary. But, uh, right. Uh, well, what's the real history? I want the true Hollywood story. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think what might be interesting is if you kind of explain really quickly who Zoro is yeah. Um, because there may be folks who are listening who have never heard of this character, this I folk was, character. I was getting there. I was getting oh, okay. there. Yeah. Stealing your thunder. Um, oh, right, oh, on, no. right on no, time. No, no, no. No, it's fine. It's fine. I was going to say, though, not just movies, not just movies, not just books, not just TV, but also talks about comics, um, stage productions, audio plays, video games, and even toy lines. So, video um, games? Yeah, yeah. Apparently yeah. so. 
Uh, actually, there's an audio play here I, I really want to track down. Mm. Um, let's see. The Hollywood Theater of the Ear produced <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the most recent audio play is from 2011 called The Mark of Zorro. It yeah. was produced by the Hollywood Theater of the Ear and had Val Kilmer in the uh, title oh. role. Oh, but man. Unfortunately, it says, unfortunately, none are currently available on podcast services. So I'll have to see. Well, it has it to be, the recording has to be available somewhere. It has to be out there, yeah. Dude, Val Kilmer playing Zorro, I think, would be like everything. Pretty cool. Um, but yeah, so anyway, so my point is, is that the character of Zorro covers a lot of different ground because he's appeared in a lot of different media. Um, but the core. Yes, the core um, identity of this character is that he made his first appearance in a novel by a guy named Johnston McCulley in the year 1919. Um, and the novel was called The Curse of Capistrano, uh, later republished as The Mark of Zorro. Mm -hmm. And um, it uh, basically introduces this uh, character, Don Diego Vega, who lives in uh, the um, colony of Alta California in the early 1800s, and who is um, not, he's the son of the former governor of the colony, uh, and he's not, he's not taken very seriously uh, as a, you know, as an entity in his community. He, Why is that? Well, you know, he likes soft things. He likes to read. He likes music. He's not a he's not a macho guy, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, but then there's also this mysterious masked Avenger named Zorro, which means fox in Spanish, right. Right. and um, who is, uh, um, you know, on a campaign. He's an outlaw campaigning to avenge the helpless, helpless, punish cruel politicians, and aid the oppressed. So he's like, and, he's like Robin Hood. Yeah, he's got a bit of a Robin Hood vibe going there. And for now. Um, for, now. <laughs> the for now, right? Yeah, there you go. There you go. I wonder what the date is on that. Yeah. And, um, and then there's a, a love triangle as well going on in the, in the novel. And then, of course, at the end, it all comes together when we find out <gasps> that Don Diego all along was Zorro. Mm -hmm. um, so... Yes. Um, now, that was how it got started, and that's and that's your basic uh, your basic character that that's carried okay. forth. You so know. the Scarlet Pimpernel was published in 1905. Interesting. Ooh, Interesting. Just so. before, yeah, yeah, this, yeah. The formidable swordsman. Yep. Who who has a secret identity? Interesting. Interesting. Now, I will say the key difference between Zorro and the Scarlet Pimpernel yes. is that the Scarlet Pimpernel was expressly trying to save aristocrats, right? And Zorro expressly is standing up for, um, remarkably actually, it's very progressive for the time, standing up for like the indigenous populations that are being exploited by the California mission system. And he's standing right. up, he's standing up against these like corrupt colonial officers. And wow. Stuff, you know? Yes, this was reign of terror stuff. Exactly, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Okie exactly. dokie. All right, so um, that's that. That's that's sort of your your uh, core character is that okay. you know he's this masked Avenger 
and he's oh, uh, he's got a secret identity. Hmm? No, well, <laughs> yeah. I mean, he he is he is statted up in the game, and and the introductory scenario, you know, uh, does involve playing him if you're just running a one-on-one game. Okay. Um, oh, that's kind of cool. So the game is set up so that you could play him, and that's it. Oh yeah, yeah. You could definitely that's do cool. this as a duet. Yeah, for sure. That's neat. But <laughs> in order to <laughs> in order to accommodate uh, your more typical group play. The game introduces the concept of Zoro. Well, I don't know if it introduces it, but it it, ta- it borrows the concept of Zoro's Legion, which is this uh, basically, you know, Zoro, you know, in 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 all of the stories, um, can't really do what he does without help, you know. Mm-hmm. So, like for example, uh, the the his, one of his key helpers is he has a mute um, manservant mm-hmm. named Bernardo, I believe. But um, anyway, his his mute manservant who knows his secret. But because he's mute, uh, and then often plays deaf as well, um, uh, people don't take him seriously. So he's able to kind of just hang out and eavesdrop on conversations. And then, you know, uh, he and Zoro have their little sign language, you know, system that they, they use to communicate. And he'll go back and report and stuff, you know, stuff like that. But then there's, you know, other, there's friendly clergy, there's, and then there's other, like, as, as the story's developed, there are other masked crime fighters who sort of are inspired by Zorro and, 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 you know, develop their own secret identities and, and go about their own kind of uh, plots against the, the authorities. So that's something I think before we even get into character creation that we should discuss, which is, as I was reviewing the rule book, was very interesting to me, which is that, uh, at, at its at its central core, this game really is about um, sort of subversion and revolution. Mm-hmm. Um, so let me let me just I'm going to do some some quotes from the rule book directly because I think it it uh, you know it, it covers things pretty well here. So there's there's actually a quote from the Curse of Capistrano. It began ten years ago when I was but a lad of fifteen. He said. I heard tales of persecution. I saw my friends, the frailes, annoyed and robbed. I saw soldiers beat an old native who was my friend. And then I determined to play this game. Hmm. Right. So it says, right from the start, author Johnston McCulley positions Zorro as a hero who protects the downtrodden from the corrupt Spanish colonial government. This theme holds true in later stories, both officially licensed Zorro media and unlicensed Zorro-inspired tales. Zorro consistently fights alongside the poor as well as the indigenous people of Alta California. His enemies are powerful, rich, and often white. They are the status quo, the elite, while Zorro takes the side of the oppressed. This is a strange position for Don Diego de la Vega Vega to find himself in. He sides with indigenous people over his fellow Spaniards. He is a rich man fighting for the poor. He is one of the elite, yet he opposes the system that hands him power. In many ways, Zorro built a roadmap of the fight against oppression and inequality that still holds true today. Doing nothing, taking no sides, and a system of oppression always favors the oppressor. Accepting the status quo and working from within a broken system only aids those the system is designed to aid, and oppression and inequality are often a feature rather than a bug of society, wielded to keep both powerful and disenfranchised in their places. Don Diego does not play that game. He does not petition corrupt officials to release innocent men. He does not appeal to the false morals of men whose only true pursuit is money. Instead, he dons a mask, or technically a slitted bandana, and rides out on Tornado to mete out justice. Hmm. So, 
Cool. Uh, yeah. Let's see. So let's see. It says there are lessons we can learn from Zoro as a heroic figure. The disenfranchised can speak for themselves. In fact, theirs are the first voices we should listen to, but privilege can aid in that struggle and serve as a means of amplification. This is lesson one. Listen to those the system would grind under its gears and use your power to amplify and aid them. The second lesson goes back to playing the game. Do not play theirs, play yours. If the whole machine is designed to keep people down, then break it rather than try to affect its course. Okay. There was another interesting point here. Um, um, here. Oh, here we go. Yes. Okay. Uh, heroes are as heroes do, which is easily said, but it requires a strong sense of purpose. Within Zoro's world, the goal is protecting the disenfranchised, not to be confused with punishing the oppress oppressors, which is why Zoro so often lets them go humiliated but alive. Actions <laughs> working towards the goal are good, even if it means sabotaging a villainous, but government-sanctioned, thus legal project, stealing or lying. Zoro exemplifies that what is right and what is legal is not necessarily the same. Hmm. Okay. Um, so there's a lot of really fun mechanics also in terms of like your secret identity and there's like a suspicion mechanic, you know, that you can track. So like when people are getting suspicious, you know, like, hmm, that, that uh, humble uh, doctor isn't, maybe isn't quite so, uh, you know, quite so inconsequential. Hmm. Mm -hmm. hmm. So, and then, you know, it can force you into having to reveal your identity and, you know, no. heading no for way. the hills. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's good stuff. Aww. Good stuff. Um, so that's kind of the core, the core concept of the game is this fight for justice and yeah, sort of uh, like, I like, I like what it says, you know, not, not choosing not to play by their, their rules, but making your own rules. So um, it's good stuff. So uh, another thing with all the variety of Zoro media is that it's been set in all different periods, um, including like the 1940s serials are basically set in modern day. Like you see guys using like transistor radios and stuff. Like mm -hmm. it's very, it's kind of weird because uh, it also feels sort of weirdly historical at the same time. You know, mm -hmm. It's typical. Yeah. 1940s serial. Um, but like the Disney TV series from the 50s was very much set in like a strictly you know very strong historical period and then like you know even with even within a historical context uh there's room room to play around like the antonio banderas um movie from 1998 was set like when zorro was an old man so anthony hopkins played zorro as a mm -hmm. you know older semi-retired dude and uh banderas was you know kind of his mentee who was gonna like you know take take up the sword um, but I think just to be, just to have, you know, that kind of core experience, we'll just go with the sort of default, uh, time period, which is basically the early, early 1800s, like the first decade of the 1800s. So this is, um, towards the end of Spanish rule in North America mm -hmm. and, um, you have the mission system well-established, but at the same time, the sort of rancho system with the, you know, sort of the, the dominant California families is not really fully in place. You know, it's kind of coming into its own. That doesn't really happen until the Mexican uh, independence, you know, uh, occurs. So it'll be mission-centered. Um, and let's see. Obviously, it's the early 1800s, so, you know, you can 
think about what that means in terms of technology and you know social mores and all that other stuff um i don't know if i have like a shorthand for that and basically like the napoleonic period if you will you know okay think about it in that in that way maybe we should have like a list of inventions like from that period just so Mm. that to kind of get us grounded in that and then the shorthand the shorthand for this period is that it's kind of the last the last time that technology is effectively at a medieval level Mm. you know okay uh there is some steam technology but there's no trains there's no telegraphs you know uh things are still wind and water powered if not animal powered and Mm -hmm. you know uh travel is only as fast as your feet or sails can take you you know okay so and then maybe just kind of delve a little bit into the mission system and like what that what that means sure Mm mm-hmm so um, we're gonna, I, I think we're going to center this on uh, Mission San Fernando Rey de España, mm-hmm. uh, known more colloquially as uh, Mission San Fernando, which is- Where in, is that located? That would be in the San Fernando Valley of Southern California. Mm-hmm. Um, so How far is that from Los Angeles? It is a day's walk from the uh, Los Angeles Mission and the uh, nearby Pueblo. Mm-hmm. And it's also a day's walk from the Mission Buenaventura, later mm-hmm. known as Ventura. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Which is, is north, north of us. North, uh, Northwest. Northwest, yeah, Northwest. West by Northwest. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so this is a, this is a, uh, a prosperous mission. It was founded about 15 years ago and already has uh, grown to encompass great uh, grazing and pasture lands, uh, olive orchards, uh, vineyards. The mission's actually noted for its red wine vintage. Um, and basically every, okay, so yeah, so the mission system, <laughs> basically this was the colonization plan for California. So in much the same way that New Mexico had its own version of a colonization plan, which was building uh, Spanish settlements basically on top of existing <laughs> Indian pueblos, you know, more or less. Mm-hmm. Um, the California system was a little different in that the idea, California was actually even more remote than New Mexico, if you can believe it. Um, and, uh, and basically, so each mission that was founded in California was expected to become self-sufficient as quickly as possible. And so the idea was you would found a mission nearby an existing native settlement, and then you would just basically commandeer. And slaves. Yeah. You would, you would convert them and you would Hispanic- quote yes yeah. and you would hispanicize them right and then and then bring them to live at the mission and mm. they would they would live at the mission in return for basically doing the labor and so they were farming the fields they were herding the cattle you know um and yeah each mission was basically this self-sufficient island you know it was expected that you should be able to support yourself without any outside support uh for six to twelve months Mm-hmm. you know um and so these were founded from going from south to north um up along the camino real and um 
most were founded in the uh, late 1700s. Mm-hmm. Um, Going as far south as the well, the first the first mission was San Diego. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then uh, farthest north, I believe, was San Rafael. Mm-hmm. I believe yeah. that's as far north as they got. So. Mm-hmm. Um, which is cl- how far from San Francisco just to give context mm, well I don't know it's in terms of a drive it's what 45 minutes so right right it's so they were just dotted day. along the California coast yeah uh, pretty much yeah the colonial capital at this time is Monterey mm-hmm. and um, yeah Southern California is I mean, San Diego is is an important mission in town because usually what would happen is you'd have the mission first and then sometimes you'd get a, a Pueblo set up nearby, you know, so. What's, the the what's a Pueblo in this context? So thank you for asking all the questions. Um, <laughs> so, I'm just curious. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Well, the, so the Spanish colonial government had a thing called the Law of the Indies and that really just kind of set down their standard approach in any of their colonies anywhere in the Indies, which is, you know, the Americas basically. And it was all like to a a basic plan, which like you'd have a central plaza and then you'd have a, you know, administrative complex on the plaza and then you would build out from there, you know, and there were certain things, certain prescribed ways you were supposed to build and, and all that stuff. So Pueblo is Spanish for village. And, um, you know, it was just a secular settlement. Cool. So Mission San Fernando, for example, that's just a mission. There's no Pueblo adjacent. But then mm-hmm. the Los Angeles mission, mm-hmm. um, uh, very quickly had a little town built near it, you know. So, you know, stuff like yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so uh, what else? Anything else you want to know? We're playing it in San Fernando. Yes. Okay. Yes, your your characters will be assumed to be local to this mission. They'll have ties to the mission, or else you know you can go with like uh, nearby. So, like for example, there are rich rancher families that are around. I mean, in fact, the mission San Fernando um, got its land from the rancho of. Francisco Reyes, who was the mayor of the Pueblo de Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, you could be from a, a nearby rancher family. Okay. You could be tied in with the mission somehow. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so the basic idea is that your characters uh, are going to have a secret identity and that you're going to be connected somehow with Zorro's Legion. <laughs> you know, and and the vibe the vibe I'd like to go for with this, apart from the social subversion side of it is um is one of um just kind of like fun 1940s radio drama or movie serial kind of thing you know so if that helps to yeah. kind of put you in that particular mindset you know um another idea i actually had this morning which i'll float past you uh is, is and it's just spitballing here is um kind of a kind of a chronicles of narnia sort of thing where like maybe your characters were actually like, um, you know, some younger P 
people from like the 1950s who are like all you know all into Zorro because of the Disney show and then you end up somehow transported back or through a movie screen or something like a (laughs) purple rose of Cairo kind of thing you know I don't know (laughs) but if we want to just go if we want to just go because that that's the other that's another axis we're on is like are we is it a straight historical thing because there's certainly been Zorro stories that are just pure history or are there supernatural elements? Because there's certainly there's there's a comic called Zorro versus Dracula, for example, which sounds what? amazing. How did that pan out? I don't know. I want to look into it. It sounds amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Right. So I mean, it's like it's a very wide range, and that that might be a, a, a decision I arrive at privately, so that you don't know. But then what? again. If, you know, you, you don't know if the ghost haunting the church is a real ghost or not, right? Or is it Dracula? Or is it Dracula? Is it in fact a Dracula? Mm-hmm. Or perhaps a Frankenberry? But um, <laughs> but uh, uh, right. obviously, if we do something more high concept, where you're like being sucked into some, you know, uh, Narnia, uh, what do they call it, Wainscott fantasy situation. <laughs> Um, obviously that speaks to a certain level of supernaturalness. So anyway, it's really up to you guys. I'm totally flexible. Uh, the game, the system is very flexible as well because it's very, you know, simple and, and, uh, forgiving, you know, you can, you can do high concept things as well. So I like the idea of there always being supernatural elements that we may not be able to explain. Yes. Sure. Because sure. yes. we can just pawn it off on that. Like <laughs> Leonard Nimoy shows up in a dickie to talk about <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. <right? laughs> <laughs> That'd be so good. <laughs> That'd get really weird. That'd get really like yeah. very strange. I like that. I think that's cute. The idea of there being um, these kids that got pulled in somehow. Mm-hmm. But I could see that getting complicated. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. It's... I don't know. That is a really good idea. It's a great uh, idea, just, but I think it's going to yeah. be really hard to play it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if you'd rather just play it straight, like, you know, I yeah. am, you know, this person from the San Fernando mission and that's, this is my thing and da, da, da. The, the other thing, if we do go with that, the other thing to consider is, um, you know, are you creating your own persona of like a masked, you know, Avenger or there's, there's another way to do it, which is kind of the Dread Pirate Roberts approach which is that you know you're in Zorro's Legion so you're just dressing as Zorro and it's an I am Zorro kind of situation where it's like there's there is no one Zorro there's multiple personas who adopt this identity so that Zorro can be anywhere you know like you don't know you know I like that that idea too yeah yeah. confusion yes exactly exactly exactly. because this, this is the thing and like in most Zorro stories like I watched some of the Disney uh the Disney series, which is, you can find some episodes of it on YouTube that haven't been, you know, taken down. Um, but, um, you know, and, and in the books as well, like Zorro is not like, it's, it's very rare to have the story center completely on, you know, the Zorro in, in terms of like, you know, here's this guy in a mask and a cape, you know, with his rapier, like he usually shows up right at the end, like in the third act, you know, because, you know don Don diego has been in the story of course but he's been sort of witnessing what's going on Mm -hmm. and and then he finally gets to a point you know it's like the it's like the superman you know caught ken ducking into the the phone booth kind of moment where he has to like kind of slip away (laughs) look over there and then he has run off and (laughs) like do a quick costume change you know (laughs) (laughs) so so even like with your characters like i could see a situation where 
like maybe one of you would be showing up at the ball or whatever you know in the mask while the other one has already infiltrated you know that kind of thing like yeah Mm-hmm. I, I, yeah. I doubt there will be many times when like both of you will be like putting a mask on at the same time you know what I mean mm-hmm. yeah and we might even have sessions where the mask never comes out you know and it's just it's mm-hmm. just uh something that's there as a as a you know or maybe like you're helping act you know Don Diego or you're helping somebody else in the legion you know it's that kind of thing so okay uh but yeah if you if you really want to like you know like i am lady diamond or whatever you know like (laughs) (laughs) that's cool too uh but it's that's something to think about so cool anyway that's that's my extensive preamble so all right Mm -hmm. i've got a postcard of the san fernando california mission that i'm trying to upload but I, i think that's beyond the capabilities of the meeting Oh, okay, right. <laughs> yeah, I've actually, I, I'm sure Desiree's been there as well. I've been there. Yeah. Um, yeah. I went there. I went there when I was taking a California history class in college. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's got a pretty famous um, arched portico. It yeah. does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's really neat. Yeah, that was called the that was the convento, which is uh you know makes you think of convent, but actually was for. Um, all residents of the mission not just not just women or nuns so hmm. and uh yeah it was very large um living quarters apartments basically so. i like the idea of the total bleakness and vastness of the surrounding countryside <laughs> <laughs> there's nothing mm-hmm. right you know? yeah yeah well and in fact as you can see from your um character sheet uh, it is assumed that you will have a hideout or hideouts. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, and that can yeah, be. There it is. Yeah. yeah. And that and that can be uh, in in a town, but it could be out in the wilderness as well. Yeah. And I know it does see this is this is our little you know winky winky thing here since this <laughs> is all this is all Desiree's you know old stomping grounds. Uh, so Des, you can be a, you can be a guide in terms of like the geography of the area and, mm-hmm. you know, pl- please feel free to, you know, put yeah, I'll try input. to, I'll try to remember. I mean, I think I can, I mean, I, I didn't live back then, so I can't say what, <laughs> what we developed. <laughs> really? No, uh, uh. as it turns out, but, um, yeah, I'm on to you. <laughs> nice I can, try. You can uh, you can tap into your great 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 grandfather, right? Yeah. yeah. No, I just think like in terms of the the general layout of the valley and like um, what was around. I mean, mostly it was it was just scrub brush and you know and oak. There were a lot. Oaks, there was a lot of oaks. tons of oak. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. and like caves and things. Oh sure. Well, of so, course, obviously, out towards modern day Chatsworth, you have the famous rocks out in that yeah. direction and mm-hmm. <laughs> that's actually something that's funny about the zorro like tv and movies is like when they'd filmed them it's like usually like southern california in the 1940s or 50s it's like oh it's the you know we're in southern france or it's like the plains of russia or something and it's like clearly la you know but it's like <laughs> but it's like when they're filming zorro stuff it's like yeah that's literally where it's supposed to be so cool that's what it looks like that's what it looks um, like yeah i think um yeah i can definitely help out with that piece yeah as things pop 
been to your mind? You know, just, yeah, yeah, I'm just, yeah. I'm like trying to think of other things. So how do we start with character creation? Okay. Uh, Leon, let me just read you the, the bit in, the, in okay. the book here about the valley. Okay. So the sprawling fertile Achois Komehabit Valley is, was the home of the Tataviam before the Spaniards came and claimed it as Rancho Los Encinos. Mm -hmm. Don Francisco Reyes, alcalde of Pueblo de Los Angeles, supported the founding of a mission in the land, on the land, and in 1797, San Fernando Rey de España was founded. San Fernando is a large wealthy mission with thousands of cattle and sheep and over a thousand members, mostly neophytes. But this wealth comes at a high cost and the natives laboring here die regularly of illness, deprivation, and Spanish cruelty. The mission has a large agricultural program, including over 1,000 fruit trees and 32,000 grapevines. An extensive irrigation system supports this agriculture, drawing from natural springs around the area. The mission supported a presidio for a while, but after Mexican independence, ah, well, then we don't have to worry about that. Um, so presidios, actually, that's the other bit. So we've got missions, we've got pueblos, and then we've got presidios. And presidios are basically military um, bases like we'd call them today we call them military bases. So uh, they just, they support, you know, a um, small a company of soldiers, usually a mixture of uh, lancers, which, you know, cavalry armed with mm -hmm. lances and uh, volunteer infantry. Um, and it's very much like kind of the old, the old Roman model, you know, you, you sign on, serve 20 years and you get a little plot of land at the end of it, you know? Mm. Um, so it's actually a pretty good gig uh you know for the locals and the uh, you know the the disenfranchised if they want to like buy into the system yep um and of course that's the other thing is that there is a caste system it's not as um enforced in california as it is in mexico just because the population's a lot uh a lot sparser mm -hmm. but obviously at the top are the peninsulares who are the people who were born and raised in Spain and have come to the new world, to the Indies. Uh, mm -hmm. Then under that, you have the criollos who are the uh, Spanish descended colonists. Mm -hmm. And then under that, you have the mestizos who are the mixed, you know, uh, mixed race, if you will. And then under that, you have the, you know, indigenous population. Mm -hmm. So, there's That's the hierarchy. That's mm -hmm. the hierarchy. Exactly. Right. Okay. So we decided prior to the session that we're going to just do the um, from scratch, the full customization method yeah. after building. Um, so uh, it says it is helpful to answer these questions. <clears throat> what is your character's physical appearance, age, weight, hair color, style of dress, height? What is their opinion of the Spanish oppression of California? How do they take the fight to those tyrants who inflict poverty and cruelty upon those who live here? And what jobs have they held in the past? Okay, repeat. Mm-hmm. So physical appearance, that's age, weight, hair color, style of dress, etc. cetera. Uh, opinion on the Spanish oppression of California, <laughs> good, bad, or indifferent. I'm all for oppression, but... Uh, You're taking it too far. You're taking it too far, sir. Um, and then we've got, how do you take the fight to those tyrants who inflict poverty and cruelty upon those who live here? Okay. And lastly, what jobs have you held in the past? Okay. 
Is there a randomization option or? There are no tables. All right. Um, it is, yeah, strictly, strictly up to you to build. Feel free to consult those templates that I sent earlier for ideas, but uh, you know, mix and match to your heart's content. Right. Hmm. Uh, I guess the first thing is, do you want to be tied in directly with the mission? Or is the mission just a thing that sort of exists in the in your world, but you're actually based out of like maybe you know you're members of the same household of a of a rancher nearby, like a nearby rancher, for example. Do you have any co any concept yet, Desiree? Well, I mean, I like the idea maybe of of I mean, the mission is like the hub of the of this. Um, like I think oppressive system. Mm -hmm. Okay. So if we were to like tear it down from the inside, like okay. we could be the insiders to help okay. Zoro or help the Zoro's yeah, Legion, you know, by right. figuring out ways to fuck with the mission. I'm for that. Yeah. So I don't know. I feel, I'm feeling like a couple different things. So one is like playing a nun, you know, and doing that whole thing. Yeah. And then the other part is like, I don't know. Have you ever been in love with a nun? <laughs> have you ever been in love with a nun? No. Right, no. So, <laughs> um, so I think like there's also this other thing where, um, I don't know, just something float, floated into my mind is just play, playing these, um, playing a, a grave digger. Um, and then, um, wow. and being able to like, I don't know, having another, like I was looking through the templates, just trying to think of like, well, on the face of it, I'm just one of the grave diggers, you know, like this is, this is part of, this is part of the structure in place. This is what we need. Mm -hmm. um, I know that because there's like an extensive grave graveyard there. Mm -hmm. um, and so I thought, oh, well, if we're playing a grave digger, but then also, you know, some type of, uh, I don't know, just some, some other piece that yeah. just feeling more of like a salt of the earth person. Oh, okay. Um, but I, maybe that's my disguise. Or vice versa, right? Or mm -hmm. like, like being a salt of the earth person who is doing these other things to like circumvent or intervene. I don't know. Right. What do you think? So would you be indigenous then? Probably. Yeah. Um, probably. I could also see the idea of like, if they even allow, I don't even know if they allowed that, but What's in up? terms of converting indigenous people, if if one of them did begin did was able to become a priest or a nun or a brother or something like that mm -hmm. and then kind of taking that route and then kind of destabilizing things that way like not right. fully getting brainwashed by the no no, no. yeah I, yeah i don't know i don't know those are just some thoughts that come to mind at first so okay so yeah, you, you, you could probably, just to answer Desiree's question really quick, uh, you could probably, I'm just looking at the church information in here. You could probably become like a, a, a lay member of the church, you know, like mm -hmm. a deacon or, right. or something like that. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Okay, go ahead, Jen. Well, so, so the faithful friar path would not be available? Uh, that, I'm wondering about that. It's... Um, you know, they I can look sneaky. into that while you're brainstorming here. I'll just yeah. They have like the sneaky sister or friar one. Sure, yeah. sure. Um, yeah. And then it, but it's more of like getting money to leave California. 
Right. But there's this faithful friar, which oh. says the methods. Oh, there it is. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, like being be raised an orphan and then you became a, yeah. And then so it's just like, how is this? Oh, okay. I see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that would, I guess that would be one of the templates. Um, and I guess like also, yeah, there's a lot of really interesting concepts and a lot of them could be compounded. Yeah. Hmm. To the Padre. Okay. So it says Indians were initially attracted to the mission compounds by gifts of food, colored beads, bits of bright cloth and trinkets. Once a native American Gentile. That's, that, that is, anyway. This Wait, is this is from this is from Wikipedia. I know. I once hear a, you. once yeah, a Native that's American, so gen- like that's just so um, paternalistic and right. condescending. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. it's bizarre. Quoting, quoting right. from it's Wikipedia. Like, here. Uh, Child, uh, yeah. yeah, no, it's, uh, yeah. it's yeah. Well, it was it was a paternalistic system. So well, I know, but I'm just saying the, you don't have to write it that way. Yeah, yeah. Once a Native American Gentile was baptized, they were labeled a neophyte or new believer. This happened only after a brief period during which the initiates were instructed in the most basic aspects of Catholic faith. But while many natives were lured to join the missions out of curiosity and sincere desire to participate and engage in trade, many found themselves trapped once they were baptized. On the other hand, Indians staffed the militias at each mission and had a role in mission governance. To the Padres, a baptized Indian person was no longer free to move about the country, but had to labor and worship at the mission under the strict observance of the priests and overseers who herded them to daily masses and labors. If an Indian did not report for their duties for a period of a few days, they were searched for. And if it was discovered that they had left without permission, they were considered runaways. Large-scale military expeditions were organized to round up the escaped neophytes. Sometimes the Franciscans allowed neophytes to escape the missions, or they would allow them to visit their home village. However, the Franciscans would only allow this so that they could secretly follow the neophytes. Upon arriving at the village and capturing the runaways, they would take back Indians to the missions, sometimes as many as 200 to 300. Jesus Christ. Yeah. I know. It's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. I don't know. So, so, so yeah, it doesn't really sound like there's a lot of upward mobility there. Right. You know. Right. Yeah. Yeah, but I could see like I could see like I could see a mis- a, uh, a mestizo. That's, that's yeah. What I was just about to, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I could see a mestizo person working their way up and like yeah. trying to get revenge that way. Mm-hmm. Like in terms of one of their parents being somebody who was indigenous right. and you know, still have those alliances and um, uh, sympathies, I guess, or mm-hmm, mm-hmm. investment in that way of life that was so um, completely annihilated, especially in California, just so um, utterly run into the ground that there was nothing left. Although there are, I mean, there's tribes that are still there today and they're still there, but a lot of things were lost. Um, yeah. So, these are just these are just things that we just need to think about yeah. in the context of creating these characters, and then, um, let's see, I don't know, Jen, what are you thinking? Well, I kind of well, you were talking about the whole graveyard piece, which made me think this is super interesting. What if you know? And, and when I think about graves, I think about family lines mm-hmm. and then how that would tie into how important it would be to keep your genealogy straight at mm-hmm. this time period if your class is tied up to your oh yeah sure being, and everybody's probably trying to pretend like they come directly from madrid you know yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> all of this like and i thought that would be an interesting character for a nun maybe i could 
do um, Sneaky Sister, who is a genealogist historian, somebody who's like an expert on the royal family. I love mm. it. Yeah. Who is who is then, of course, able to mess around with, yeah. you know, that put me in a good position as a cleric to fake shit. Yeah. 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 So maybe you're new. Ooh, maybe you're newly arrived in in the country as well, which would actually be good in terms of player knowledge as well. So you can kind of learn about the the area as you go along, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I like that idea too because then I'm sure people would be paying you to fudge the records. You know. That's it. Yeah. You you've you've come up you've come up into Alta California to like at the request maybe even of the 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 padre of of the mission. You know. Here's my chase. I was told it was going to be a certain way, right? Yes, and exactly. I had this idea. And then I get there and it's a fucking horror show. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so now I'm like, okay, guess what? <laughs> We're going to fuck it up. You know? fuck it up. Yeah, no, I mean, that's the, um, that's one of the common themes. And in fact, there's a whole sort of Gautama Buddha kind of thing with Zorro where he's raised in his rancho palacio you know like very and his parents are very indulgent and like you know that's where he gets his love of literature and music and stuff and then he goes uh when he's like 12 he's sent back to spain for his education and that's where he kind of sees the rest of the world and he starts to see it's not quite as golden and wonderful as he thought it was and then he comes back and then he's seeing all the things he learned to see in Europe, now he's seeing all around him back in California. So it's like, oh, this isn't even good back here. What the hell, you know? And that's where he kind of like <laughs> yeah. makes this decision. Like I need to fight against this, you know? So great. Okay. I like that idea too. And it, it's good to have one of you have a little bit of like political and and uh, prestige leverage as well, you know, that you can use. But yeah, I like, like Des, if you want to stick with the, like a mission, you know, somebody living on the mission, like a neophyte, Mm-hmm. has that kind of lower the you know yeah so we span yeah i want there to be variety so that we, we can span. have that complexity yeah Love um it. yeah so i think i think that sounds good i think i'll go with that idea that i'm playing this um this grave digger guy mm-hmm. and he uh um yeah like his family was was brought in and his dad was a laborer and um so i'm like a couple steps removed from maybe like my indigenous origins oh yeah i mean the mission's only about 10 years old 10 15 oh, years old okay. so oh, yeah okay. oh, easy okay. easy all right so yeah. so my dad was brought in and then i was like a i was like a teenager maybe sure that yeah. falls or, started or, yeah like a older kid maybe yeah yeah. yeah like 10 or something right, right. And then, right. like about 10 years later so i'm like in my early 20s mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um and so and so my dad was doing that but what's interesting too i think is that my dad's role at least in our tribe maybe was was that of like um a shaman or spiritual leader so he would tend to the dead cool so Ooh, he, yeah, yeah. Love it. so we kind of have that family legacy and so then it's kind of like through this lens we're digging yes! these graves. Oh my God! Yes. <laughs> and so, and Great. so in doing that, you know, there's probably certain prayers and different things that we might do while we're doing this work that to ensure that it actually is a legit burial. Cause we know what can happen when those things aren't done properly. Oh, oh. <laughs> Love it. 
So in doing those things, you know, they may not hear us or know us, or maybe my dad has gotten punished or I've gotten punished if they've overheard or seen things that we may have done mm-hmm. um, around these burials um, while digging these graves or whatever. Um, so, yeah, I think that makes, I like that. That makes sense. Yeah. Okay. So let me just see here. I love your idea, Jen, too. There's a creepy angle that I love. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, It's giving me ideas. I know. Where to take it, you know. So that's great. Um, Trying to think of any of the pieces here that. Oh, yeah. So what what are. Okay. So we've kind of. I think we've sort of touched on your opinions on the Spanish oppression of California. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I guess we can go into physical. Let's go into the physical. Let's let's do. Okay. You want to do physical. Those are just kind of general character concepts. Right. 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 You want to go first. That's cool. Okay. Character's general appearance. Yeah. All right. Is there a plate? All right. I don't know if it's on the sheet per se. It's not on the sheet. It's more just like a concept that's going to guide you as you assign. Because basically, when you when you're making your character, you're you're assigning, uh, you know, your ratings to everything. So you have to have right. an idea of how you're going to assign those, and that's going to be informed by your, all right, this mental image you have. Jen, do you want to go first, or do you want me to go first? Oh, I'm just I'm just uh, piecing it together, uh, like trying to think. Um, I don't think there's a whole lot to. Of, you know there's not a lot to me really to mm. look at okay i'm just a, i'm my i must be a spanish woman or maybe a mm. peninsulares yeah sure sure yeah I'm, i i guess 30 what would be like the yeah i think that i was thinking that yeah around yeah. there you'd have yeah. to be a little bit older a little bit older mm-hmm. to have your have your expertise yeah but also young enough that you can make that journey and you know right. somehow through. i don't have any kids i don't know how that happened but well, you're, are, you a, are you a nun? Yeah, I was thinking yeah. you might be a nun. I'm a nun, okay. Like a scholarly nun. Right, okay. <laughs> cool. I love it. Yeah, that's great. Um, cool, so, uh, yeah, okay. So you're, you're, in the ha- you're back in the habit, uh, Sister Act 2 style. And... Why are you doing that? That's horrible. <sighs> don't, don't, don't make me raise the flag, man. Oh, <laughs> 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 all right and how about our how about our resident grave digger what pardon how about our resident grave digger okay so so it's a so okay so this is guillermo moreno mm-hmm. uh, he's a male in his early 20s he's a fit he's fit um he's five foot eight he's <laughs> yeah so, um, and so, yeah, so he's from like one of the local California tribes. Yeah, I've got, I've got something here for you. Actually. But his name, but in terms of his name, I mean, that's like his Spanish name. Yeah, right. exactly. That's, that's what ba- he was baptized. His, uh, baptized yeah. Name. Right. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so Guillermo. Um, and yeah, dark black hair. Sure. Dark brown eyes. Yeah. Um. I think he's generally good looking and um, but definitely not Spanish. Like he's attractive, but he's not right. Spanish. So they wouldn't right. think no. that he's attractive, but he's attractive. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, some people might. In terms of the standards of beauty and all that. Yeah, stuff. right, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and so, yeah. So that's, that's how he looks, if that makes sense. So I think the clothes they were wearing just like 
you know, just kind of these like kind of linen, like tunic kind of tops, right? And like pant, like kind of same material pants, like burlap yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Like white white linen and, and then a, a little headband. A little headband. Is right. that is that colorful, like red or? I think so, yeah. I mean, I, we can do some, you know, Googling, some okay. Googles, but- uh, Yeah, so his yeah. hair is kind of long. Yeah. Yeah, um, I see him. Mm -hmm. Okay, cool, yeah. Um, yeah, so as far as tribe. Yeah. Um, so there's two tribes, and I'm going to give you their more common historically recorded name, and I'm going to give okay. you their actual yeah. name. Mm -hmm. So there's there there was a tribe that was split into two halves based on which mission was kidnapping them, basically. Uh, <laughs> you know, yeah, right. so, they're, so they're alternately known either as the Fernandeño, Right. Which would be San Fernando or the Gabrieleño, which would be Mission San Gabriel, which is to your east. Mm -hmm. But collectively, they were the Tongva people. Right. So I think you're familiar with them yeah. to yeah. some extent. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, now, yeah. Now, wait, then. Wait, just one second here, because I have, I have this really cool app on my phone. Oh, okay. That's called, um, let me find it really quickly, Native Land. So if anybody's interested in finding out mm. which indigenous people are living in your area... Yes. Um, or that it's historically their lands. This app called Native Land is really cool. You just put in your location mm -hmm. or you do the map. Um, and so I'm going to type in San Fernando Valley or San Fernando. Mm -hmm. um, and what comes up is Tongva, mm -hmm. okay. T-O-N-G-V-A, Ferdinand, uh, as you said. Um, uh, yeah, Fer, Ferdinandeño Tataviam. Okay, so the Tataviam, that's mm -hmm. the other group. Right, okay. and then we have Chumash, Chumash, which okay. is all throughout that. Well, yeah, okay, so... so. But just, thing. like, I know we'll scale it back, but I just wanted to do a little shout-out to that app, Native Land. Shout-out to the app. We got Native it. Native so, Land, it's really cool. So I was yeah, you can mention, look up any indigenous people anywhere, wherever you are. It's very cool. It is a very yep. cool app. So the Chumash, I was going to mention. So the Chumash is the more common name or the more commonly known name but it's not the correct name because like right. so many other cases with native groups in, in the americas it is the name that the neighbors called them right because chumash i think is actually a, a tongva word but it might be another another word but anyway it means grunter or stammerer Right. Because, you know, it's like they don't know how to speak our language. Right. right. So that is actually the Tataviam. Okay. Okay. So it's kind of, but then Chumash is also kind of an umbrella term for all the. For a lot of California bands and tribes. And yeah. Like, from yeah. that area and then up right. in Ventura, as right. you know, I believe. Mm -hmm. uh, but anyway, so Tataviam were like, um, yeah, like kind of more on, towards the west end of the valley, I think. Okay. And, and up into the Santa Clarita area. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. So that's that's a, so yeah. So we're Tong, Tongva. So you're going with Tongva. Mm -hmm. Okay. Sounds good. Which makes sense. Since yeah. Since they're the Fernandinho. Yeah. People. Yeah. I mean, yes, yeah, so we were kidnapped by definitely by those peeps who were doing that mission. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Or lured there. <laughs> yes. Apparently by baubles and. Yeah, I think what it was trying to say is trade, like what they would call trade goods, right? Yeah, but yeah, but it was, it was, it, yeah, there are ways of writing. Yeah, so, yeah, like, yeah. not condescending. Yeah, 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 totally, uh, <laughs> totally. <laughs> like, like, oh, here's a little shiny thing. Right, right, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. What the fuck? 
So yeah. it just removes it removes the autonomy of the situation from those individuals, and you know, there were does. people in those systems that subverted them and yeah. uh, assimilated into them, and then you know rebelled against them. So there's just a variety of experiences that that just doesn't capture. But the writing could be better. Yeah, it definitely. And could that's for Wikipedia. That's that is Wikipedia. It's not from the rule book. The rule book's actually okay. very nicely researched. Okay. Um, okay. So good. Uh, what's that? So we got we got your general appearances nailed down. Yeah. We've got your former occupations nailed down. Uh, oh, yeah. So what so are so? Jobs, but no, I don't know. I mean, I was just like a kid, like in the tribe. <laughs> I'm just a kid. Um, all right, but yeah, I mean, you're. I mean, past and current. I think it's. You know. All right. What What are you trained in? I think is basically what it's saying. You know, what's your what's your vocation? You know, did you go to Devry, or did you go did to not- ITT Tech? You know. I t- <laughs> Jen's shaking her head right now. <laughs> yeah. So currently I am working as a grave digger at the mission yeah. Yeah. with yeah. my dad and yeah. brothers and uncles and cousins. But we all work at the mission. And yeah. that's what he, my, me and my dad and maybe I have like a younger, no, older brother who does that. So, so, let, so let, me, let me then uh, pivot that slightly. Are you involved in the church element of it at all? Are you a believer um, oh hell you know. no! Okay, but you have to pass as one. You know yeah. you oh, have to. Oh, I know one. how. To, I know how to yeah. pretend right. to look like I'm doing it. Yeah, but I'm not doing it. That's it's key. just like because I watched my dad do this, so my dad yeah. is like, All right. he would show me how, what to do. I would just follow his lead, right, and he was right. really good at like looking super pious. But he was already a spiritual man, so he knows right. how to like get into that headspace. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Cool. And uh, how about you, Jen? You're 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 playing a nun, but that doesn't necessarily imply, you know, belief or anything. So, oh no, I believe. I'm a, you're, I believe. you're a believer. Okay. Yeah. All right. Oh, she's into it. Okay. And 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 yeah. you're you're are you down for like the like, how to put it? Um, what? What? <laughs> well, it, I mean, like, are you are you looking at it like from? I mean, there's 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 different ways to approach faith, right? So it's like, are you looking at it from like a uh, you know, I'm I'm a follower of Christ and Christ's teachings. I'm a follower of Mary. I venerate. Oh. You know what I mean? Or or is it more of like a Jesuit tradition kind of thing where you're like you're part um, of a secret Mary cult? You're you're part of or you know are you counter revolutionary against or counter um, not revolutionary? Uh, 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 you know the thing that happened, Martin Luther. Uh, Protestant. Are you part of the counter reformation? Uh, um, you know. Like, how do you, how do you approach it? Right. Well, gosh, I think that what's happening now is my character's beliefs are in flux. Ooh. So I'm not, I don't really make a whole lot of sense. And I'm contradictory. Hmm. On a number of levels because I'm shifting my opinions right about now. I love that. Yep. Yeah. Good. So I want to start out being, um, you know, pretty um dogmatic and now that's shifting yeah i love it based upon new information yeah yeah. what new information the situation on the ground in (laughs) you're in the shit now (laughs) cue up the sound of huey helicopters and creedence clearwater revival and so on and so forth that's oh my um, god! <laughs> All right, cool. 
so that that speaks to your opinion on the Spanish oppression of California. I think we've both of you have addressed that. Unless there's anything else you want to add. Oh, I mean, point. Like, I mean, I think like in terms of my family, like I have a feeling like one of my siblings was was either killed or kidnapped or taken from my mom. Oh yeah. So my mom was like pregnant and like the nuns like took the baby away. Oh yeah, no. Really fucked up shit. Oh yeah. So I definitely have an axe to grind. And I am suspicious of Spaniards in general. But I have heard about the Zorro. Mm -hmm. And I'm intrigued. Okay. I like it. Um, do you want to go in a particular direction? And we certainly don't have to, but obviously one one thing that leaps to mind would be a sister who is taken into the, um, basically sold off, you know, into the mm-hmm. household of some local Don. Oh, yeah, know? yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and you want to get into that that household mm-hmm. and, and get her oh, out. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Absolutely. Okay. All, right. Mm-hmm. All right. It's a classic. Yep. Mm-hmm. Ready? Um, great. Uh, and then, so yes, great. how great? So, how do you take the fight to those tyrants who inflict poverty and cruelty upon those who live here? I think we've started to address mm. that. Um, well, I have some answers, yeah, of course. Oh, good. Um, <laughs> oh, Desiree's got something to say for once. <laughs> <laughs> um. Anyway. Oh, Doug. <laughs> so. Um, so so shy she's so shy she's so silly um so basically (laughs) like there's um like we talked about doing certain rituals and rites for people as we're digging the graves right so i think i think my dad has access to like some some more um some darker type curse type hex type things that we do and so we'll do those when when like the spanish people are getting buried Mm. um just to fuck with their souls a little bit (laughs) um so (laughs) so that's that's a thing that we've been doing Mm -hmm. yeah all right that that gives me some idea in terms of secret identity too because like you have a secret identity is basically what the spanish would call like a witch doctor right Mm -hmm. like it's you know Mm -hmm. you you have this you have this alternate you're you're a grave digger by day but you're like kind of keeping the old beliefs alive mm-hmm. oh, yeah. by night and you're, oh, yeah. you're throwing down these hexes and stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> throwing down hexes like and also also doing like um like we'll do rituals and stuff for for um for all the peeps, the the laborers and stuff and slaves. Yeah. 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 <laughs> we'll do we'll do rituals and different things and help to kind of you know, help them with their spiritual um lives. Great. Um that want that are seeking that. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. We don't do it like overtly. We do it secretly so that people have access to like little spells or different um, invocations or any kind of form of ritual that they may need. Um, if they want like a special blessing for like a new baby or like, or somebody's feeling sick or, you know, or something like we'll kind of do our kind of covert operations like spiritually for the people there. Excellent. Mm-hmm. Let's see. So Jen, then, like, um, in terms of, so obviously we're we're starting with your character at a certain point, but we're going to move towards, you know, another endpoint eventually in terms of how she is dealing with this system of oppression that she's encountered okay. and, and so All forth, right. right? So I yeah. think this is more of a, 
in terms of like how do you take the fight to those tyrants it's kind of like how you as a player are envisioning that happening eventually you know as your i am along. envisioning having strategic capabilities based on my uh forgery skills okay cool and um I also have some extreme practicality because mm-hmm. I am within certain buildings. I can steal things. I can plant things. Mm-hmm. Very espionage Yeah. yeah. Nice. I have infiltrated. Excellent. I like it. Okay. Um, great. So that answers our basic questions. So now we're ready to get into the mechanics of character creation, which are (laughs) summarized on a single sheet of paper. It's that simple. That's so brilliant. Yay! The more you can do that, the better. Uh Yep. Indeed. All right. So uh, this is really just assigning numbers uh, on your sheet. We'll we'll go through, you know, and and, uh, if you have any questions, I'm sure questions will occur. Uh, We will cover them as they come up. Can I ask those? So first and foremost are your five attributes. So you see that on your sheet, mm-hmm. right there across the top. Yes. Ability, brawn, knowledge, perception, and charm. And so these are um, usually what you're going to do is you're going to combine uh, an attribute and a skill and create a pool. Uh, mm-hmm. But sometimes you will just have to roll an attribute. You know, like if it's for something that's not covered. So the attributes are agility, brawn, knowledge, perception, and charm. Mm-hmm. And then the other pieces, those are just skills. Those right? are skills, and we'll get into okay. those right. next. So, uh, I mean, I feel like those are fairly self-explanatory uh, names, but yeah, if you yeah, want yeah, more yeah. detail on any one of yeah. them, you yeah. know, just let me know. Otherwise, okay, so because this is a D6 system, we just refer to dice as dice or D, you know? So you're going to distribute a number of D or a number of dice uh, across your That's, character sheet. Wait, what? Yeah, don't, don't you don't, dare. Don't say anything. Don't say How anything. How much D is going to go into my bronze? That's right. Exactly. Ah, she ah. wants the D. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. All right. So anyway, so there's a minimum of there's a minimum of one D in each attribute. A minimum. Um, <laughs> is it a three D minimum? It's a it's a one D minimum actually. Uh, what? And that and there's a maximum of four. Okay. And you have a budget of twelve. So you can distribute twelve oh. dice across your five attributes. Minimum one, maximum four. Average is two. Right. Okay, okay. So an average person has two dice in an a, in an in an attribute. That's yeah. Okay. All right. That makes sense. Yarp. Do we have music to play in the background? Oh, sure. Uh, let me see what I can do. Just to help us think. Oops. Of course. Do we ever have a chance to up any of these? Uh, yes, you can improve it. Uh, actually, there's a couple ways to do that. Once you're done assigning the number of dice, we will cover that because it's actually a really cool mechanic for that. I'm rolling a little low. Oh, uh, there's no rolling. What? Yeah, you're just assigning the dice as numbers. So 
like uh let me look at the sheet here so i can okay so like for agility let's say you wanted to put two dice in agility you would just write two that's it oh so i don't roll the dice and then put that number in the box you don't roll them now no it represents the number of dice you do roll whenever right. you're doing a test yeah oh okay yeah. and there's 12 total so so right. i'm putting okay so it's two i'm putting two across the board Mm -hmm. Right there, you go, and then so that's then ten. Can, you know. So that leaves you two more dice that you can mm -hmm. assign any any old where you want. All right, thank I, you. You got it. Three. So I'm gonna put I'm gonna put threes in brawn and perception. Uh huh. So just letting you know, Jen. Yes, so I'm, I'm hearing that. Okay. I'm gonna do four in knowledge because that's okay. really what I'm doing. Right. And then two in the remainders. Right? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I've already made a hash of this. <laughs> no. Do you need an eraser? Uh, yeah, and I, and I couldn't find a pencil, so now I'm doing oh, it. No, no. Oh, no. It's all right. It's all right. I can reprint it. Clean it up. <laughs> Gee whiz. I'm glad I got that cleared up, though. I would have been way off. Yeah, right. <laughs> you were like, uh, my agility is 12. What? What? You put 12 wow. dice in agility? What yeah. the hell? <laughs> okay. Cool. All right. And Des, you're good? Yep. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I have two in agility, three in brawn, two in knowledge, three in perception, and two in charm. Excellent, excellent. Wait, you did? Did you have any ones? Sorry, I kind of no, nope. no. Okay. Two in agility, three in brawn, two in knowledge, three in perception, two in charm. Uh, I see. Yeah, I, I guess if you go four on something, that pretty much forces you to take a one somewhere else, which makes sense. Yeah. Oh, does it? Yeah. I don't know. Does it? Oh no, I guess you could do two two twos and then do a four in one in one right. attribute, two, right? Four, that's what I did. Six. Okay. Yeah. Three and three. Yeah, yeah mine's that's very total. that's very flexible. Then that's nice. yeah. I like that. Okay. Okay. So, um, <clears throat> let's see. That is your attributes. Okay. Um, now skills. All right. All right. So skills work exactly the same as attributes. You just you're jotting a number next to the skill. It indicates that's how many dice in the skill that you possess. So when you combine that with an attribute, you're rolling that many dice in the pool. Ah. And so What's you total. You get seven D to assign seven mm -hmm. dice, right? And no skill can be more than two. So basically, you're assigning a one or a two. Oh, your skills. There's also some write-in sections too. Yeah, yeah. Yes, that is to cover just if you happen to have a skill idea in mind that you that is not otherwise on there. I do. Know? I do. Okay. Like genealogy, yeah. for example. Yeah, it's right? going to be like court court politics genealogy. Yeah. Like, um, you know. cool. cool. I love that. So neat. Yeah, that's fine. And you can have two in that? You can Max have two, two in it. Max two, yep. And it's seven per attribute. Yeah. Uh, no, seven total. Up to, up through all of them? Yes. No, sweetie. You mean charm has a total of seven. Perception has a total of seven. Knowledge has a total of seven. No. What? No. 
Oops. Okay, never mind. <laughs> Seven total? Seven total. You got to pick your specialties. I'm outraged. I know. We're useless blobs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought this was, I thought we were escaping into the world of Zorro, not our everyday lives. <laughs> well, the world of Zorro includes something called hero points, which we'll, we'll get oh. into. So. <laughs> Unlike real life. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, we don't get hero points in real life. No, we God don't. God damn it. We don't get those. That we know of. That we know of, yeah. Ooh. Ooh. There you go. Nice. Oh. Lovely. <laughs> All right. So, where were we? Okay. I don't know. I'm mesmerized. <laughs> I know. <laughs> All right. Um, okay. 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 So you said twos or ones? Twos or ones? For a grand total of seven. For grand total. God of seven. damn it! Grand total. I know. Cannot this emphasize that enough. I'm spent. <laughs> I've, already, I've already used six. Yeah. Well, choose wisely. God damn it! Well, uh, <laughs> the, the book even says another way to look at skills is as specialties of those attributes. So you're really just kind of like picking out like this is what my character is particularly good at. Because believe it or not, believe it or not, just adding one or two dice does radically affect your odds of succeeding. So. Okay. This is nice. Let's see. Two, four, six, seven. I guess that's it. Yeah, I guess that's it then. God damn it. <laughs> well, I guess that's it. Well, I guess that's that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I have under brawn, I have a two in stamina. I have a one in medicine under knowledge. Yeah. I have a two in survival under perception. And yeah. I have a two in deceive under charm. Okay. I just want to make that clear for the record. Okay. Record okay. is clear. Oh, Jesus. Don't patronize me, ma'am. <laughs> and Jen, so you took a specialty skill. Yeah, I got, I've got uh, an extra point in scholar, two points in genealogy, a point in investigation, a point in stealth, point in deceive and a point in persuasion uh, nice. that's good nice. i just have a feeling i'm gonna be lying a lot that's why i put two in deceive. you are yeah yeah and i'm definitely. gonna need i'm gonna need those survival skills and whew, stamina i don't know but we'll see yeah we'll see what happens great okay all right, so then uh, all characters start with one hero point. So enter right. one in the hero point section. Okay. And then each character has two defense numbers. Okay. Oh, yeah. Right. Parry so, and dodge. Parry and dodge. Mm -hmm. uh, dodge is used to avoid ranged attacks, surprises, and traps. Parry is used to block melee attacks, get out of the way, and avoid being struck in close combat. So... Dodge is equal to perception times five. Oh. Okay. Total points or just that's... Uh, that's, that's the number. Or just so. the attribute point. Yeah, the attribute. Yeah, right. Just so like if, you're, if your perception is uh, three, then your dodge would be 15. Yeah, that's what I got. Okay. Okay. And, and then parry is agility times five. Oh. All right. 
Ooh. Ooh. Okay. All right. So that's a physical thing. It Mm -hmm. is, yes. So that covers that. However, that's that, that's your that's basically your character. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> cool! Yeah, yeah. It says, it says each character starts with equipment that fits their background and narrative. The GM has final say, but should work with the players to ensure everything makes sense and is a character the player will actually enjoy. <laughs> oh boy! Well, what a concept! Yeah, right, huh? So <laughs> I think you'll play this character and you'll like it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're not gonna like that. No. <laughs> um. So in terms of gear, yeah, could I have like a like a staff that I carry around with me? Sure. Yeah. Okay. I like it. So what's the what's the attack on that? <laughs> I want the stats already. I, All right. What's why would I say I want it if I didn't want to start beating right. people up with it? You want to beat people nice. up with it yeah. or defend myself with it? At least. Uh, right. Defend yourself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because right. you have a bum leg, you need help walking, okay? I do. Oh, I, do. I love it. Is that part of your secret identity? You're actually yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, that's great. I'm the I'm the crippled grave digger, so they'd never uh, suspect me. Oh. They'd never suspect you. Nope. Nobody ever suspects the anti Inquisition. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right, so you have you have a staff. Okay. I'm gonna have to Okay. So yeah, that would basically be the equivalent of a club or mace. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, what do you need? What's your what? Attack. What's, uh, attack. Okay. And then damage. And then damage. Okay, so damage is um, brawn plus one d. So you take brawn your brawn. You play your brawn rating. Okay. Right, which is two or three? What did you put? In brawn? My brawn is three. Three. So your damage is four then. Four d on that on that staff. 4D on the damage. Yeah, on the damage. Yeah. 4D6, basically. Uh, yeah, essentially, yeah. Exactly. And then That's pretty cool. What that is. And what's the attack? So the attack is your is your attack skill. Now, since you don't... Did you take melee? Did you take anything? Oh, I didn't. Okay. So if you want to adjust that, you All right, can. I will. I will. I'll take one. Okay. So it would basically be your agility plus your melee rating. That's your attack. Okay. So three. That's a lot, though, huh? That's, that's not bad. Yeah. No. It's good. It's good. Yeah, it is mm-hmm. good. Okay, so you got that. Anything for our our seaster? Yeah, like a dagger or poison or something. Well, ooh, ooh. <laughs> yeah, that's a cool idea. <laughs> I like that idea. I could do have like one of those little rings with the poison in it. Ooh, ooh boop, 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 boop. yeah, yeah. I love it. That'd be fun. That'd be great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. What do they call that? A Borgia ring. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the <Nice>. boys are special. <laughs> right. Here's a little something they taught me at the Vatican. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Um, also, maybe a fan. Would you like a Ooh. fan? No, that's no. too much. She's too not much. a don yet. It's too, it's too affected, right? Well, she's a nun. Yeah, exactly. Oh, do you have like a heavy-duty rosary that you could like strangle people with or something? <laughs> I, you know what? I was honestly thinking that I would have a, like a, a, a 
iron banded chest that had all different kinds of papers in it. Oh, I hell love yeah. that. Yeah. Hell yeah. Oh, you definitely got to have that. Yeah, for you sure. Got to have the different kind of vellums, you know? Uh-huh. Like, you have the right mm-hmm. vellum. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Then you, this is going to go over. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd be so freaking cool. Do you have a journal that you write in? No. No? Okay. Oh, but do you have code? What about code? Code, see, because I was the journal would only that that would. It, oh, would, of course. Oh, unless you're keeping a fake journal, and then you're keeping the real journal, like written right. in invisible right. ink or something. That's right? the mop books. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's right. Yep. Okay, record keeper, basic kind of thing. Sure, sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, whatever you want to, however you want to characterize it. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, right. Now, does our grave digger? Uh, know any music do you do you have like uh, a whistle or a drum set or uh well i probably have my my regular like drum rattle and yeah exactly you know that kind of stuff but yeah. we don't do there's certain things we do but there's like tiny it's like a little rattle mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so i i keep that hidden on me okay hmm. cool now the other thing what? I mean, I don't know, but would your tribe maybe have had a little mojo bag type thing? Oh, yeah. Oh, I definitely have like a little medicine pouch and stuff. Right. For sure. That might cool. be a yeah. Yeah. That I kind of keep hidden on my body. Jot mm-hmm. that down, too. Yeah. Uh- <laughs> well, we have to wear like the scapula and the, you know, that kind of stuff. The little. Would the, were they wearing scapulas then? Yeah. You know, I'm sorry, you don't know what those are. Translate from the Catholic, please. Sorry. It's like a, uh, it's a, it's, I think it's like Our Lady of Mount Carmel. It's like a, um, it's a little uh, piece of fabric that has like a, a seal on it. Oh, okay. And then it's on, it's both sided and, and it has like a little, it's just like a little necklace that you would wear, but it's like ribbon or string. Then the little, mm-hmm. the little iconography on both sides. Oh, that sounds something, legit to me. Yeah, that sounds like something. I don't know if it, I don't know if there was if people were wearing them back then. Let me just look it up really quick. All right. Yeah. Okay. If, if historical accuracy is that important to you, <laughs> uh, let's see. I'm just looking. There, there is a, a short little um, scapular. Oh, okay. Yeah. There is yeah, a yeah, short okay. little uh, equipment section I'm looking at here. So. Oh, okay. Seeing if anything else jumps out at me. Oh. A parasol, Jen. No, no, no frippery. No frippery at all. Okay. Well, I've got the ring. That's pretty darn fripperous. Uh, that's as, that's right? as... <laughs> I mean, I think I'm wearing a habit, right? That's Wouldn't as fripperous yeah. as you get. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I mean, I'm not thinking like a frilly parasol, but just something for the sun. You no. know, like something. No, the sun, the sun, no. <laughs> you're, okay, you're okay with that. You're, you're down with the sun. Yeah. <laughs> all right, cool. Oh, I can't share my screen with you guys. I can't share a picture with you. Oh, really? Um, is it no, I'm sh- I wanted oh, to do that earlier. Is it because I'm sharing the sound? Is that no? It's not. You've no. disabled. You've disabled screen sharing. Have I? Well, yes. I didn't do that on purpose. I know you didn't. Just one second here. Of course you did. <laughs> <laughs> of course you did. You we power you mad <laughs> maniac. <laughs> All right. So I shared the image of the rosary and scapular. So yeah, we would be wearing scapulars and probably had a rosary on hand. Um. But I have my other oh, nice. pouch, oh, my cool. pouch going on. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Nice. I definitely have a medicine pouch. Right. Excellent. Now the other thing that you both will have, surprisingly enough, is 
uh, a mount of some sort. No. So even even the neophytes, basically the distances are so great. And as Jen said earlier, the, it's it's still pretty much a, a wasteland and a wilderness. So it's yeah, just, sir. it's just acknowledged. Yeah. I mean, that's hilarious, but it's like, yeah, even in, yep. <laughs> even before LA was a thing, nobody yep. walks in LA, right? So nope. it's just, it's just acknowledged that you're going to have to have access to a horse or a mule to get you around basically. So like if you have to go somewhere, so obviously, I think for the sister it would be a mule, mm-hmm. uh, but for our grave digger, you it could be a pony. I think a pony even, would yeah. work. Yeah. Okay. Yay! Yeah, a little pony. Great. So there's actually a whole chapter on uh, or a whole Ponies? section on detailing your your mount because that's kind of a part of the the literature is to have your your trusty steed by your side. So um, if you if you feel like you want to do that, we can do that. Uh, but the other thing is just covering your secret identities and then hideouts. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've already kind of touched on Desiree's secret mm-hmm. identity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so let me just let me just quote from okay. the book. Okay. Alternate and secret identities play a very important role in Zorro. Due to okay. the paranoia of the oppressive ruling classes, there is a constant effort to identify and persecute those who stand up to oppression and fight corruption. However, it is exceedingly difficult to function properly to protect the people and stay ahead of your enemies without a way to move among them. This is where secret identities come in. (laughs) This is where secret identities come in. All PCs in Zoro are presumed to have some sort of secret identity. Okay. This may be a foppish version of one's normal identity, like Zoro's portrayal of Don Diego in most versions of his story, or a Mm -hmm. secret life, such as a tavern keeper who leads a local resistance group. It may even be a duplicitous version of another identity, such as a double agent nominally working for the Alcalde, but in fact working against him. The uh, exact, which is kind of what you're doing, Jen, right? Yeah, can I heighten that, though, is the yeah. question. Oh, sure, of course. Yeah. No. Yeah. It says here, each secret identity is given a special resource that can be drawn from when acting in their true self. This takes the form of secrets, information, covertly gained support, or simply ample time to prepare and recuperate that the double life provides. These resources are recharged by acting in your secret identity, gathering information, allaying fears you're secretly a rebel or dissident or otherwise acting as part of the status quo. All right, so I have a poison ring. Mm -hmm. Maybe I enjoy investigating poison. I don't know, something. Maybe I'm a drug addict. Ooh, interesting. I mean, that's totally, I mean, I don't even know how I begin. How would I even begin to support a drug habit? I don't know. (laughs) Especially in this part of the world, yeah. Right. (laughs) So, characters seeming to be part of or supporting corrupt leaders and other enemies of the people often gain information and advantages their heroic personas can exploit and use. That's your character. You know, you you are operating within the closest, you know, uh, networks of these these corrupt uh, leaders. And you are gaining information from that. The poison, I think, the poison is how you strike back against it. Right. Without, you know, like that's part of your true identity. The poison is part of your true identity, actually. Mm -hmm. Not part of your, you know. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. 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 Uh, In in addition, witnessing the oppression or abuse of others and being forced to play along until the time is right increases a hero's passion and drive when the time comes to strike. This group of advantages is represented by a pool of hero points tied to the character's secret identity they may use in play. Yeah, so mm. this is a great mechanic where it's like yeah. basically 
the, uh, one of the ways you can gain hero points is by not acting immediately when you see injustice being meted out. Sure. And then, but then like being able to generate a pool of hero points that you can then use later on, basically. Just like Zorro. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, yeah it builds up. So it yeah. says each time a character acts in a scene to reinforce their secret identity, they gain one hero point uh, for their identity. Up to three hero points may be banked in this fashion at uh, one time. To gain a hero point in this fashion, the character must take a prominent and active role in convincing others they are they are how their secret identity presents them. Mm. Mm-hmm. So, example, acting as the timid but kind Dr. Lopez, Luisa comes across some soldiers abusing a shopkeeper and his wife who cannot pay a new tax levied by the authorities. She asks the soldier sergeant to take mercy on the poor couple but does not interfere as her pleas are ignored and the shopkeeper is beaten and his shop wrecked. As the soldiers laugh and mock the man, Luisa tends the shopkeeper's wounds but stays out of the soldier's way and does not question their behavior. The GM gives Luisa one hero point for her performance, something she can use when Dama Noche visits the soldiers that night. So, <laughs> so yeah, it's like, for example, Jen, like, you know, in your capacity as a nun, you know, you could be generating hero points by, you know, just basically acting like, oh, yeah, no, I'm totally on your side and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And like, you know, yes, let's let's plot new ways to uh, squeeze the uh, neophyte mm-hmm. <laughs> population of the mission or whatever, you know. Yeah. And then it just yeah. builds over time. And then you can yeah, use it. dark. It's so dark. Okay. Uh, it is. Yeah, yeah. But I don't have a hideout. No, you don't. You don't I have a hideout yet. But oh, there have to be there has to be room for like a secret, like a secret room in the mission or some type of. Oh little... yes, I love it. Yeah, or maybe like maybe we maybe we start when you've been in the mission long enough that you've you've found something that you're you're using as your quote unquote hideout. It doesn't necessarily have to be, you know, like uh, a clubhouse kind of situation. You know. All right. Well, there's wine. They were doing wine. Yeah. Yes. So there could be a secret part of the wine cellar way the hell. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like brick. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, yes. oh, this brick is loose and this brick is loose. And oh, like you're finding. It swings open. Oh, man. All right. Well, I think that is uh, that is everything except the names, right? Um, Guillermo's got a name. Oh, Guillermo. Guillermo. We got yeah, the name. Guillermo Moreno. Right, right, right. I want something long and ludicrous. Oh, yeah, well, I love you, that. you should have your you should have the name you took when you became a nun, right? So it should be like, you know, Encarnacion or something. So yeah. like, and then and then well, yeah, it has like your Spanish. It can't be Mexican, like. Well, no, yeah. So I mean, you know, just do some research on Spanish nun names, I guess, and like, you know, something appropriately long and ludicrous for your your baptismal name as well. Yes. Yeah. 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 Uh, but yeah, apart from that, that's, that is it. So. Fantastic. Hey. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, but the, okay. So there's also a section on, well, it says secret identity and then hero points down at in right. the middle. Yeah. yeah. So do yeah. we just mark off that we have a secret identity? Uh, no. So that, that is more like, um, for your suspicion, uh, points, which we'll cover in play. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. About other people or about us? Uh, other people suspecting you. Yes. I can't have that. I can't no. have that. <laughs> <laughs> you know what happened to people who suspect you. They suddenly uh-huh. just develop a really strange illness out of yeah. nowhere. Oh, let, let me just... Spot all damn day. <laughs> <laughs> so let me just talk about the story part there. Yeah, I was curious. That's a okay. very cool mechanic. Basically, Ooh. there's two ways to advance your character um, in terms of their... 
uh, abilities, so their attributes and skills. One is that you can just spend hero points. You know, you get you get hero points. They can be used in game to do things, which we'll cover once we start playing. But you can also just spend them to up a particular ability that you know you want to improve. However, you can also just come up with your own personal arc. So, like, uh, like let's say Jen, if you if you wanted your characters to start learning the rapier because you wanted to be able to mm. fence, right? Yeah. You would you would say like I am I am meeting with this fencing master in secret, and he is teaching me, or she is teaching me, okay. like hot you know, stuff, hot, hot stuff, yeah, right? Yeah. 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 So then, basically, what we do is we come up with a five step um, sort of milestone process of like how you're learning, uh, or I should say up to five steps, because it's basically you have to have a number of steps equal to the ability you're trying to improve plus one. So oh. if it was just learning how to fence, it would just be one step, which is maybe right. find find a fencing master. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, that's it. Once yep. you've done that, boom, you get that rating of 1D in uh, melee. Cool. Right. But then let's say you wanted to learn a secret technique then you would need, and, and up it to like 2D, then you would need two steps in your story. So it's mm-hmm. like, you, you can have, each player basically can have their own arc going on at any particular time <gasps> that then I can integrate as a GM into the nice. overall. Yeah, nice. it's really neat. I really, I thought that was really cool. So uh, that's something you guys can think about. And of course, obviously come up with in, in play as well. Like, oh, 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 I want to improve this or I want to work on that or whatever, you right. know, and then, you know. Right you just jot it down on your character sheet uh, as a reminder, basically. Okay, so. cool. Yay. Yeah. Yay. But yeah. Anyway, that's that. So yeah. Cool. Thank you. Um, yes, yeah. thank you. I think these are great characters. I think we'll have a lot of fun with this. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we'll just kind of ride this, we'll ride this mule until it uh, gets out, gives out, so.